Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. That's Sarah giggling in the background because I deliberately fucked with our countdown. And um, and she doesn't really know how to react when the numbers go out of order like that. Uh, so she giggles by default. And on that note, we're into uh, the second part of our postseason recap. So... Um, when she gets her breath back, I'll let Sarah say hello and tell you all about where we got to with the Giro Rosa in last week's episode. Oh, hello. As as usual for Dan and me, we did make lists and things, and then we just talked about everything else <laughs> in our last season recap. So we're now on part two. Yeah, Let's... well, to, to, to allay any fears that people have this week, we don't have lists, so we'll just talk. <laughs> I've got a list, and my list is colour-coded. Holy, holy shit, you colour-coded your list? I colour-coded my list last week, too. Well, do we... I I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe we should give people um, uh, pictures of your list. Maybe you should take photos. No? No. No. Why? Is your list list full of notes that you've written in anger and spite at me? Are they just full of... (laughs) Fuck you, Dan. No, but last week we talked about all sorts of things. We talked about races we loved, like the Giro Rosa, the Trofeo Binder, flesh full on. Um, we talked about all kinds of things, and we're still going. Well, I'm still going. I've still got things on my list. Daniel's list may be somewhat shorter. Uh, but I, do you want to start? I, do you want to go first? What? If my list is shorter, surely we have to crack through a few things on your list just to give me a chance. No. You go first. No way. I'm not spending my it. list early. No. I called it. No. I called it. I called it. No. Well, I'm, a, I'm said... a gentleman. I'm a gentleman. The lady should always come first. <sighs> Dear listener, you do not know how many times Dan has made that joke in the course of the year and a half. We've been doing this. Yes. What? Yes. Like, like once? Um, well, who is your right? One time. Oh, oh, this, oh. this one time right now. Just then. That one time. Oh, oh, oh. That one oh, time, oh, oh, oh. one time. Who was your rider of the year, Dan? Uh, 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 uh. I'm not going first. <laughs> it's it's going to be a really short podcast if if this is so, the way you're going to, you know. What did you like about the season? Okay, let's just talk about the season as a whole. I mean, I we love it. We love it. We did love it. There were some things we didn't love about it. Look, um, on the whole, one I, of the things. Yep. Sorry, I thought you were asking. <laughs> I should have known better than to think you're actually asking me a question rather than just setting up your own talking point. (laughs) Such a bastard. (laughs) All right, sorry. Carry on. No, 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 you were saying something. (laughs) I've forgotten. (laughs) You were saying, love the season, some things were great, some things were not so great. Well, I liked, one of the things I really, really, really liked was, as I always like this, but it's always very special, was riders engaging on social media. And in particular, I liked the kind of video conversation that happened at the start of the season. Yes. Do you remember when, well, you don't like cyclocross, but Sven Nace, uh, the cyclocross god of men, um demonstrated some roller tricks that he knew, like, you know, he can roller one-legged and he can pick up a bottle of water and stuff. And what I particularly loved was that high-tech young rider Siri Minger decided to go, well, first of all, she went one better and showed that all those tricks were totally, totally simple. And then she made an omelette while riding, you know, rollers. 
Yeah, yeah, which, you know, it's one of those ones that I, I kept, you know, not quite hoping for the, the what appears to be inevitable crash, but, you know, you're always sort of half-braced for that to happen, you know, like, just because she's right next to the cooktop, it could have been really, really bad. So were you hoping that she crashed and set the kitchen on fire and then couldn't move out of the kitchen because she'd broken her leg and the bike was on top of her and the last thing the camera saw was her burning to death with bits of omelette stuck to her? Does that make me a bad person? Yes. Yes, it does! <laughs> well, I think the correct answer in that situation, Sarah, would have been, Dan, you're already a bad person. This just proves it. Oh, okay. I'm I'm obviously muffing my script. You I really shall, are. Um, you really are. So anyway, um, step up your Dan slamming game, eh? Let's uh, oh, let's carry on. What what else uh, were there? More videos that you were particularly enamoured of? That was my favourite, and I wish you know what I wish more writers would do more things like that. More writers, more things, please, dear writers, <laughs> please make ridiculous videos of doing stupid things. I don't care what the stupid things are, but just do them. Like you know, demonstrate your bunny hopping. But you know, things like the the the, the, the social media things, like all those little Gracie Gracie Elvin videos, her Ricky Rody videos. Yep, yep. For people back home, I really like those, and I'm loving Helen Wyman's video diaries from the cyclocross season, for yeah, example. Yeah. No, you're right, and video, particularly these days, with you know, because you can record quite good quality video on most um, smartphones and stuff now. Like it's it's actually surprisingly easy to create video. So yes, more video, more better. More video, more better. Um, what else? What else did you like? Did you like anything about social media this year, Daniel? No, not at all. A social media is a blight on uh, humanity, and the sooner it's wiped from the planet, the better. But apart from that, there was a lot of really cool shit on Twitter and blogs and stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Were you expecting me to expand on that? No. Um, I... <laughs> oh, I broke you. That's so good. <laughs> Um, you really don't have anything on your list, do you? <laughs> well, not not on not on the social media list, no. <laughs> well, I mean, I like other things. I liked. I liked. I liked all the team camp stuff. I mean, specialised Lululemon. They've been quieter this year than they have in previous years. I will admit that. But I really liked, for example, the um, the photographer Emily May's uh, photos from the team camps. She put them out as three, as three, you know, Vimeos slideshows, mm, mm. and um, the, the the photos are from the camps with her talking about how she took the photos and what the people were like and what it was like there. And I really, really liked that because it wasn't just the kind of sports. I mean, her photos are lovely, but I also liked the insight she gave as a photographer in that kind of situation. Yeah, and what she was trying to get to know from the from the team from by being there but then also to draw out as as part of her photography uh yeah those were great yeah and i love i mean i do love specialized lululemon they're just so so cool i did you like all this stuff about their cycle kids events that was really cool um and yeah, I, look i mean a lot of teams and a lot of writers are involved with with different um charitable groups and, and stuff like that and that's always to to be applauded and where possible supported but it's also it's just really cool seeing those those sorts of stories and events um and uh yeah i i do like the um i can't remember the exact quote but the the quote from the last one that was you know um riding a bike just naturally makes you smile <laughs> 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 
because it's it's <laughs> it's kind of true. It does. Yeah, um, Cycle Kids is a is a New York based charity which gets kids learning to ride bikes. I think they're kids from disadvantaged backgrounds and stuff. I think, um, and Evelyn Stevens supports it. So the team is their t- end of season, and that's another thing I really like about cycling teams is their end of season bash, which was the kind of team bond, you know, team bonding for the end of the year. You've got riders leaving because they're retiring and riders leaving because they're moving on to different teams. And I think they had some sneaky new riders for next year tucked in the corners. I did think I saw Carol Ann Canwell in the photos. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that they, uh, yeah, I, it was just, it's just such a nice thing to do that, you know, rather than have a, I don't know, a team dinner or a team. I mean, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it, that, that workplaces try and make you do it and it always goes horribly wrong because you're always doing something appalling. But, you know, when you go going out and doing something together and messing around with kids and having a laugh and then going <laughs> having a party, that just sounds great. Well, not when you say it like that, it doesn't. Really? <laughs> when you go out messing around with kids and having a laugh, that's possibly the worst possible phrasing you could have gone, gone for. I don't but, understand. Oh, I think maybe... Yeah, I think we should move on before we get into trouble, is what I think. Are we cultural differences? Um, Yes, so we'll put links to the bicycling profile by Leah Flickinger on the blog prowomenscycling.com. Yeah, I I like it. I like things like that. Well, what do you want to talk about next? Do you want to talk about races or riders or stuff? Well, you know, there's still, you know, we we got to the Giro Rosa, but it's not like the season ends there. There's more races going on. Uh, So maybe we should talk races. Yeah, races. I love Vigorda. Yeah. I always love Vigorda, but this year's Vigorda was the best Vigorda I think I've ever seen. And I'm not the only person who said that. The Open to Sweat Vigorda World Cup, um, two World Cups at Team Time Trial, but we're talking about the road race. It was uh, it was pretty special. And, I mean, it's one of those ones, I know we, we talked about it a lot, but it forever holds a special place in my heart because it's it's the classic, you know, race organisers making the most of, of what they can pull together to provide you know, actually quite quite good coverage uh, with very limited resources. Yeah, they. I mean, yes. I mean, the TV they have the, this year. We we they had this. Uh, Vagorda.nu and you puts up a uh, little uh, this weird thing. It's like they've got a ticker going on. Then they've got radio broadcasters, which it starts off as a radio show with music and stuff, and then it just goes specifically straight to the cycling. And apparently the guy who commentates is a well-known Swedish commentator who commentates, you know, he's really, really good. You know when you're watching a language and you can't understand it, but they're so passionate about it, and, and so you can tell exactly what's going on and, that you know, their names. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly like being in Wales. I get it. <laughs> and on the screen, they um, have the yeah they they'd cut to uh, clips of the riders going up over the hill, which was amazing because they managed to put the cameras this year. In previous years, they put the cameras on top of the hill, but this year they managed to put the camera where people attacked on that hill. Yep. Oh, that was so good. There was so many. I know good it's it's just so exemplary, isn't it? When uh, a race organizer learns from previous previous experience. This is where they attack. Let's put a camera there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking at you, Flesh fucking Volon. But anyway. And then, then, no, 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 Flesh Volon has the cameras where they attack. They just choose and and, and they're streaming it to real people on the side of the road who can watch them attack. They're just not streaming it to you, Daniel. Yes, I know. I know. Um, But I loved loved it. I loved loved the Gorda. But the the race was, I mean, in general, the Gorda, it's a lap race. 
um, it's got this hill, and in, in, in previous years, it's tended to be won more often by a bunch of sprints than not, or if not a breakaway. But this year, the breakaway group was just phenomenal. It had it was just so attacky, and and it ended up with riders like Voss, Emmy Johansson, um, Anna van der Breggen, um, with some sprinters like Georgia Bronzini. And my favourite, favourite part was on the penultimate lap when they came up to the hill for the penultimate time. And and there was that moment where Carl Lima, the high-tech manager, says everyone's looking at each other. They're especially looking at Georgia Bronzini because, you know, you don't want to take Bronzini to a finish line. And then on the next hill time, Voss just hammered <laughs> it down. Just, oh, it was beautiful, beautiful racing. And I was really happy. I loved it. It was very exciting and I enjoyed it very much. Excellent. So, um, look, following on from that, I kind of have this inclination to leap forward in time a little bit, but I don't want to actually bypass um, any other races that you wanted to mention between the race at the end of September and this one. So, was there anything else, or can I fast forward to the end of September? No, no, it's your turn. It's I've done mine. It's your turn now. Well, because how fucking good was Worlds? Oh, how fucking good was Worlds? On, on, a, on a scale of one fuck to all the fucks, how fucking good was Worlds? That's um, probably not a good scale, actually. Almost all the fucks. Yeah, nearly all the fucks. Nearly all the fucks. Mm, mm. Mm. So, yeah, it was it was epic. Um, what was your favourite part about Worlds? I mean, I know we've recapped in detail, but, but you know. Really and genuinely and truly my favourite part of Worlds. Mm-hmm. My favourite part of Worlds was Wei Ewitt's photography and, um, and Monique Hanley's tweeting of the women's junior road race. Cool. Cool. I, I really, really genuinely loved them. I no, mean, no, I, 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 like... I know you did. Um, it, it just, sorry, that wasn't a disbelieving um, call. That was a, that was a, a little surprised um, slash delighted that you'd chosen uh, things that were, that were slightly less obvious, perhaps. What did you think I was going to say? I I don't know. I thought you might have said that that Mariana Voss, you know, won back to back championships or something like that. You know. Uh, what was your favourite part? Um, Monique Hanley's tweeting of the. <laughs> 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 what was your favourite part, Daniel? <laughs> My favourite part was, as is pretty much always the case, actually watching the women's road race on fucking TV. Because it happened so um, infrequently through the course of the season that that the fact that there is reliably a race <laughs> that you can see, you know, uh, in detail is always exciting to me. So that was my favourite part. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it really, really, really did make me think the women's road race that men's cycling is a little bit broken. I mean, I, I, it was very, very bizarre being able to say the full seven hours, nine hours, a hundred yeah. hours. How long did that men's race take? I, I think it did actually take all of September. I think they rode from the end of the welter to the finish line at Worlds. Is how long it took. Oh, God. I mean, there's poor guys. It's also interesting because in general on those kind of weekends, the the heavens open and brain pours on the women. So mm, it kind of mm. made me slightly grin to see. <laughs> it was kind know. of funny watching it being turned the other way. Yeah. Yeah. And also and also people blaming the web, the, you know, people. Oh, well, you know, the poor men they were riding in those weather. And it's like, yeah, 2008 Olympic road race. 
2012 Olympic road race, all these other fucking races where, you know, all these yeah. other world's times where it's rained on the women and the men have been in the dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't and, blame and, that. And the women have totally animated the races anyway, so... Exactly, yeah. that's what I mean. Like, like you know, yeah. like, like if, if anything, when it's pissing down with rain, the women just go, bring it, bring I, it on. I and, do think you're right, though. I, I do think that there is something, uh, maybe not... Maybe broken's an overstatement, but I do think that there's something amiss in men's cycling with, particularly with races like like Worlds, where it's just deliberately long because yeah. reasons. Um, you know, it, it it just doesn't make sense because why why provide more coverage that is less interesting? That yeah, just. I've, I've... I mean, it was awful weather, and and you know, I'm not saying I don't blame the guys at all for you know not attacking, but you know, those laps in gen, you know, how many they did like ten laps of that circuit, and they had that long warm up section, and I just, I, honestly, I genuinely don't get it. I can't imagine, for example, sitting down with my dad or or my brother, and or my sister, and saying, hey, this is cycling, this is what I love let's sit down and watch it and I'll explain it and yeah. I'm finding anything interesting in that it's a bit like when I turn on Formula 1 well it, the problem is also that on a course like that as you say with like 10 or 11 laps however many it was that that you know that nothing really serious is going to happen until there's like 6 laps to go at best and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah. It, it's just and, and when, it's just all a bit I mean, shit and I know, I know a lot of people say that's what they like about cycling, that, you know, the attrition, the grinding down, the exhausting, etc. But, you know, what? I just, it's just not, that's not what, rate. I mean, I guess it's possibly because I got into cycling through track mm. as my first, yeah. oh my God, this is the best short, in the world ever. Short attention span, I get it, yep. yeah. Yeah, 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 I do have a short attention span and, you know, and yeah, I am. Oh, look, shiny things. Exactly, mm. but. But the women's road race seemed like a really good length, and especially a really good length to talk about stuff too. Because in the beginning, so you know, talking to people on Twitter, there's plenty of time to say who's who and what's going on and stuff. And yep, yep. yeah, I liked, I liked it. I mean, it was what I find fascinating was Voss talking about the world, the world's race afterwards, about how she wasn't feeling very good, mm. and she, you know, and and basically she rode into feeling you know she rode into feeling good but the early stage of the race she was just like you know just hanging up while she says yeah. this is for boss so you know um but she says in the early stage of the race she was you know her teammates were basically getting her through there and delivering her to the right place and holy shit that's just phenomenal really really exciting to know that like you know it, it's really exciting to know that that kind of team that level of teamwork that happened there Mm, you know mm. that 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 uh, Lucinda Brand in the early stages and Anna van der Breggen in the later in the later stages. You know that their work yeah. for her was just exemplary. And I bet because she's such a really such a great rider that no one riding next to her would have known that she was suffering. No, no, exactly. I mean, that's that's one of the joys, isn't it? That that she she as as we've commented before, she's such a good poker player that they're probably sitting there just going, "Oh my god, she looks so calm." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she's just going, ow, 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 yeah, yeah. I don't feel on it, um, you know, and, mm, and, and mm. also making her strategy on the road, because I can also imagine Voss um, 
you know, if she if she'd got to like the penultimate lap to go or something, and she wasn't and she wasn't feeling and she wasn't feeling right and didn't think she could make it to the end, you can also imagine her playing poker on behalf of someone like Van der Breggen. Exactly, exactly, and letting them go, and then and then everyone else sitting there going, "Oh shit, do we take it with us?" Or yeah, 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 and, yeah. Or, or, or kind of or, or just like making some attacks to kind of scare the fuck out of people, and then yeah, you know, yeah. being all, oh, oh. I, that just reminded me of something that I wanted to talk about later. Uh-huh. Okay, but well, I I'll guess talk we're later. talking just about it later, me. though. Um, yeah. Yes, I'll remind you of that thing that you have not told me about that you want to talk about later, which could be yeah. or may not be now. Um, yeah, okay. But until then, until then, uh, does this lead us into talking about uh, some of Mariana's struggles towards the end of the season? Where, you know... Um, well, what I want to think about is Mariana's season in general. I mean, she's just... It, it is interesting that she's got this back problem and she took, she'd promised herself some time on the mountain bike to have some fun this year. And, mm. and I think that's amazing because, you know, the post Olympic effect is quite, um, it's a quite, it's a hard one to overcome. Like you, you read about like Bradley Wiggins um, in, in his autobiography talking about the 2008 Olympic, uh, sorry, the 2004, 2004 Olympics, I think. And, you know, and a bit about the 2008 Olympics, about how he just fell apart. And it's kind of this well-documented thing. And you see it on, you know, in, in quite a lot of riders. How do you get you know, the post-tour effect, the post-world effect? How do you get over that? And, and Voss had got this plan. You know, Voss and her people had got this planned out that you know, after 2012, this is what she was going to do to keep away. Because you know, what do you do when you've won the Olympics and the Worlds? You know, what's your next goal? I mean, is yeah, it more... Yeah. It, well, besides going to Disneyland, of course. So that's a joke for our American listeners. Don't worry about it; you'll be fine. Okay. They all got it. They're all laughing right now. In America, you can't hear a damn thing because everyone's laughing, slapping their thighs, and going Disneyland. Oh. But yeah. okay. Mm. Okay. But I mean, she had this really interesting. I mean, one of the very weird things I like about Voss as well is that she had targeted some specific things this season. So she had some time off the mountain bike, and one of the, the races that she'd never, never won before was Flanders, the Ronde van Vlaanderen. Yeah, which always seemed like a, a kind of um, I don't know gaping hole in in her her room of trophies. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and and part of that was because I think in 2010 she'd ridden for um, Annemiek van Vleuten, and you know there's all these like last year she was sick, and and yeah, it's it's it was it was great to see her win that at last, mm. at last, mm. at last, at last. But that, that mean, is that is kind of the interesting thing about her her season this year, really, isn't it? That I mean, yeah, she made time for mountain bike and seems to have had a lot of fun doing that, um, and you know, and she had a. a well, maybe not big, but she had a reasonably full off season slash cross season as well. Um, well she so, won the world. So. Yeah, exactly. So she's so she's had a lot of riding, um, but she did did always seem to come back to to the road in pretty good shape for all of her major targets, except arguably the Giro Rosa, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, the Giro Rosa was never going to be her race, you know. Exactly, it's, and it's that's not... that's the thing, you know. But I mean, I, I suppose she's also got a certain. Um, responsibility to her team, I guess, to to yeah. rep, rep the race pretty hard. Yeah, but she still, but she still ended up in the Malia Rosa for the first season, first stage after you know for the mm. first couple of stages, and she won three stages out of eight. 
So you, you're you're letting her get a pass on that one, is what you're saying? Okay. I, what I'm saying is that's pretty fucking brilliant. <laughs> I mean, who else who else can do that? And you know, she got three, and that's three stages out of eight that she won. Not you know, with a, and bearing in mind that she didn't die on stage two. <laughs> which, which, as we we covered in depth last week, by the laws of physics, she should have. So. No, no, no! But she avoided it because she's brilliant. Um, I, I no, was she avoided it because she's a witch and she has magic powers and she <sighs> defied the laws of physics. That's why. You kind of we kind of change the laws of physics, Jim. <laughs> then cheat. <laughs> um, I liked. What I liked, and I know you said that, you know, uh, For You Worlds was special because it was one of the few ones on TV, but I did like all the other races I saw on TV this year. They were all, 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 all very, very special. I particularly love Dutch Channel L1, their race. <laughs> In the Netherlands, apparently, there are lots and lots of small regional TV stations that, you know, that, that kind of, yeah, and specific TV stations and stuff like that. And what I liked about L1 was what I love about them, they're, they're based in Limburg and whenever they've got like cycling, women cycling nearby, they basically slap it on their um, web feed, throw it open to the whole world and we can all watch it. And for some reason, because I got my feed up early, I kept a good feed of the Ronde van Drenthe while everyone else cried and couldn't get on it because we crashed the feed. <laughs> yes, yes. I blame you for that. Thanks, Sarah. But yeah, I, I, I thought it was brilliant and it's really good and, and and rice sport i mean god the italians are good at this like getting to watch the whole of the trofeo alfredo binder live they also showed the italian national championships the, the, the hour-long programs on the giro rosa every day were are always great yeah it's almost like the italians are into women's cycling or something i know well cycling i think they basically think cycling is is yeah. um good on you italy you're all right by me yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. You know, but you're right. I mean, that's one of my impressions of the year too. Is that I don't know. It, it's hard to. It's hard to for me to say this because I haven't bothered to actually quantify it at all. But it feels like we're getting more coverage. Yeah, we are, and and actually, it's really good. You know, like the Energy Walk Tour. You know, they have 15 minutes a day on their um, local. Hmm. Uh, the regional TV station. I mean, I, I was amazed. I mean, the, my good and bad one was the, I mean, I can't even say it without rancor. So I'm going to try. I'm going to take some Zen breathing. <sighs> happy, 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 happy. I'm in my happy place. The Tour of California Invitational Women's Time Trial. <laughs> Happy, 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 And specifically, they're straight. I'm going to say this without getting upset, and my blood pressure is going to remain low. I'm in a happy place. <sighs> a, the fact that it exists as an invitational time trial, problematic. <laughs> B, the fact that they got the tour tracker to come down and show it and the Tour of Cali decided that rather than, you know, if we've only got an hour of coverage of the Women's Invitational Time Trial, should we show the beginning when the first riders are going off? Or should we show the end when the final riders are going off? Or should we turn off the button and have 
watch the worst men rather than see who's going to win out of the best women. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just all I can do is laugh. I'm calm and, and zen and at peace with myself. Yeah, no, you really and I, are. I particularly, I particularly liked all the clippings over to like watching, you know, people um, power uh, people go on jet skis when I could have been watching women cycling and stuff like that. But, 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 like the week, two weeks later, they had the USA Nationals, and on USA Nationals, we saw the whole race onto a tracker. Amazing coverage. Really, really good. Really. They had you know, Kristen Armstrong doing the commentary, so she knows the riders, she knows the races, she knows what she's talking about. It was brilliant. I can't believe that. I mean, USA Nationals was one of my favourite races of the year. I, it was so exciting as well. Really clever racing. It was, but wasn't I, it? It was very good. But, I, and, but actually, getting to see it, the other things I liked, I liked. Oh my god, the um, hurrah for the motor media tour team! If I ever win the lottery, I'm going to get someone to write to them in Dutch and say, hey, can my friend Dan come and be part of your motor media team? Because he likes women's cycling, he likes motorbikes, he Woo! likes cameras. Um, I, yeah, the lot of, you know, there's, there was loads of good stuff and I was happy. I was happy, Daniel. I was happy. It did feel like we got to see more of the races every, the, you know, than in previous years. And it's, you know, there's still a long way to go. But things like next year when the women's tour... They're not allowed to call it the Women's Tour of Britain, but that's what it is. When the Women's Tour happens in Britain what? in May next year... Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I need clarification on this, because I've seen it being referred to as the Women's Tour in a couple of places, and that kind of gives me, you know, the shits, because <laughs> I'm like, there's more than one Women's Tour that, like, they... No. But, like, so why are, why are they not allowed to call it the Women's Tour of Britain? Because the name of the Tour of Britain is owned by British Cycling. Oh, fuck you, British Cycling. Who license it out to, you know, basically Sweet Spot of the organisers. Sweet Spot are setting up the women's tour as a separate race. And, yes, they're not allowed to call it the Women's Tour of Britain. Oh, bullshit, of course they are. Fuck that, fuck them, fuck them all. So, I, 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 yes, 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 yes. But I am looking forward to the race. It's a shame it's not more in a more hilly part of Britain. But, yes, dear listener, 7th to the 11th of May next year, let's be in the south of England and having a beer or a coffee roadside. Let's chat. Let's chat. It's going to be brilliant. I can't wait. Mm. Um, Actually, and, and, and on, that, on that point, I do feel it is worth worth mentioning that it is pretty important that... Everyone in, in the greater United Kingdom has to go to the women's edition of the race. At least Not just once. everyone in the United Kingdom. It's probably easier to get to that part of the world from the Netherlands and Belgium than it is from most of the UK. So, yes, that's what I'm saying. And really? All of Europe. I thought you yeah. had trains in England. Oh, good God. Do not get me started. Okay. All right. Sarah has feelings about trains moving I right do. along. Um, okay, so rather than rather than being uh, angered up at British Cycling's bullshit thing about naming rights, it is very exciting to have a new race added to the calendar, and um, and hopefully we'll get to see lots of it, and it will be fantastic. Yes, 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 yes. So um, I feel like I've been saying all my favourite things. Give me some more of yours, dear. Okay, well, uh, maybe this is a good point in time now to to get to, you know, because we've kind of recapped a, a fair bit of stuff and done, like, Voss's whole season. Who was your rider of the year? Voss. Okay, cool. Mine was uh, Emma Johansson. Um, 
standout standout year for her. Amazing results, consistent all year long. Uh, knocked Voss off the top of the UCI rankings for the first time in like a million years. So yes, yeah, yeah. Pretty yeah. impressed. Pretty impressed. Mm, mm, mm. I, I did feel for her. You know that early run of results where yeah, the first yeah. eight was it the first eight races that she raced. She was on the podium. Yeah, before, well, but, she... the, but it was like the first seven she came second, and then finally on the eighth she she didn't come second, but she came third. So, but it wasn't know. quite that. But yes, it was the same sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'd feel like that if I had that. I don't know if I'd rather have consistency and have seven, eight podium places, or if I'd just rather win one World Cup. Yeah, well, okay, maybe that's that's a fair question. When we get her on the show uh, to interview her, which we haven't organised and, and have no way of knowing if that'll ever actually happen. But when we do, we'll ask her about that because... Yeah, I mean, yeah. She, did have a, she did have a great season. She was mm. completely competitive. I just, I just think if I was Emma, I wouldn't be looking back on it going, oh, we're super happy with that year. Well, I'd, 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 I'd hope so. I mean, yeah, I'm sure she's going to be going, you know, what can I do to, to push it even further? But, you know, it was a fucking good year. Yeah, which which of her results did you like best? Um, oh, that is a tricky one. Hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to have to think about that and come back to it. Um, I did want to give an honourable mention to Georgia Bronzini, though, who also had a crazy good year. Georgia, yeah, I mean, Georgia is, Georgia's an interesting one because she generally used to, you know, she generally used to peak at, for specific, you know, two or three times a year she'd have, um, she'd be on the podium all the rest of the year, but she'd peak for two or three specific times of the year. She used to ride the points race on the track where she's a former world champion and obviously with her two road world champs wins, she's, you know, she, she's very good at it, but you, she'd kind of be having one of those, oh, it's quite year, quite year, bang! Yeah. Year she had the opposite, didn't she? I mean, that 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 run of um, was it Route de France where she won six stages. Yeah, in she a row? won. She won like almost every stage. It was it mm. was genuinely amazing. I think she really found racing for Wiggle Honda very good for her. I yeah, I just mm. there was so and she was you know like she was and she was um, yeah very yeah impressive impressive. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so that was that was my other that was my other standout. But I mean, that said, have you got anyone else that you wanted to mention for having had a, a spectacularly good year? Well, we mentioned them both last year, but Elisa Longo Borghini mm. before her um, before she broke her hip was just last year. She'd had her you know kind of breakthrough year. Everyone should know her name. This year, she looked like she was upping it. She won the Trofeo Binder World Cup. She was up there in all you know. She was up there in all the world in the World Cups world ran, rankings. And I, I I wish I oh if only she hadn't broken her hip in nationals because I'd I'd, I'd love to have seen her at, at, at the Giro and you know she, and she wasn't really on her game for the worlds but when she crossed the line holding hands with Ta- with Tatiana Goderzo it was just such a good moment and really nice to see her up there and she's such a lovely 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 rider so you know her um Anna van der Breggen just got better I cannot wait to see what happens next year to Anna when she's you know when she gets some chance to ride as lead as lead protected rider for Rabobank yeah yeah I mean that's gonna be that's gonna be spectacular yeah well spectacular interesting and I mean I'm assuming we'll get onto that a little bit later on but there's there's some really interesting movements going on so I'm looking forward to a, a further, um, I guess, 
distribution of um of talent and responsibility throughout the peloton yeah yeah it feels like that um yeah there were so many yeah i loved i loved it it was yeah i'm happy happy mm. happy happy season i mean some really nasty things happened in the season too so you know like like i think about you know yoko teutenberg's crash and yeah. you know uh Abby stevens losing all her teeth but one of the things I loved was their teammate Ellen winning ITT at Worlds. I mean, she deserved it, deserved it, deserved it, deserved it. From the moment she was getting out, I, I don't know. It was like you know, sometimes when a rider knows she's good, yes, and 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 she's and you can see it. And the moment you know, from the moment there was no question. As soon as she was on the road, it was obvious that she was what she'd won. Yeah, yeah. Like she had to have alien spaceship landing <laughs> in her path. Like, like you know, um, uh, as uh, uh, just I, I can't even imagine what would have stopped her winning that last. That ITT was just unstoppable, and you know, and and it was a course that she she went in as the absolute clear favourite. The course was, you know, I, I said this on the Velocast podcast. It couldn't have been more made for her if her dad had designed it for her. You know what I mean? It was like it was like it was just yeah. It's just if her parents had, had had been able to have been allowed to design it and it's just I loved loved it I loved seeing her kind of come of age is the wrong term but I loved seeing her get the record you know get a year yeah. get recognition for herself after all the hard work she's done for her specialized Lululemon and her her Dutch national teammates over the years so hurrah 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 um cool. the, the other thing's other things I like. Who else? Who sorry? Who else is on your list? Well, those were those were the main ones on on my list. I mean, you know, I I've enjoyed a couple of other things like, um, you know, from an Aussie point of view, I've really enjoyed seeing um, Gracie Elvin and Nettie Edmondson um, both get their chances and um, yeah. and start to um, find their their place in the peloton mm-hmm. um, and and look forward to seeing more of them in the in the coming years. Um, I yeah I don't to be honest I I think we've kind of covered all the the main ones I mean you know we talked about last week um, the the kind of uh, breakout performances that we thought were pretty awesome as well mm. so you know um, we well yeah we argued about what was breakout and what wasn't but you know what I mean so yeah mm. Mm. yeah I mean I loved other things I loved I I really enjoyed um, the kind of the the kind of off-road stuff like um Catherine Bettine's efforts this year with yep. her half the road oh film. actually sorry um, sorry sorry just before we get to that though I should have said um I was I was also going to nominate like um team of the year oh do you have a, do you have year? do you have a favorite team of the year I do oh, I, I have a my team of the year goes to specialize the lululemon um, not for results specifically but because they had a year filled with uh, a range of particular hardships with riders out to injury and illness and and other things and at every turn um they consciously chose to put the well-being of their riders ahead of the needs of the team and mm. that just impressed the hell out of me so yeah you know f- for mine that that makes them team of the year yeah, I mean, I thought Gillian Carlton's blog about her depression and how she was basically taking a hiatus from road to deal with her mental health issues was just amazing. And mm-hmm. you know, and Ina's the the Ina interviews and stuff throughout the year, where where you know where she said, um, if any other t- if it had been any other team, there might have been more pressure to get back riding before I was ready. But yeah. you know, they, yeah. I just yeah, 
Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and it takes, I, I honestly think it takes um, a lot of integrity um, and a lot of, a lot of, you know, it's something special when a, when a team is willing to, to make sure that their riders are properly looked after ahead of, ahead of all other concerns. Mm, so, mm, mm, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I love them. And I, 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 think we should have... I know there's also going to be some people who, who want us to name, you know, like Green Edge for finishing top of the UCI ladder for the year and stuff like that, Did which they? is, yeah. Oh, cool. Which is, you know, is cool and certainly no small achievement and, you know, very, 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 very happy for them. Um, but for mine, as I say, I just think it's it's such a, a big thing um, and it's, it's such an exemplary thing. I would like you know, more teams to, to behave in that sort of manner. Mm. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I, I was um, mentioning uh, Catherine Bettine's stuff. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and the, um, I, I assume you were going to start with the um, Half the Road documentary fundraising. Yes. Yep. And well, just making the Half the Road documentary, not well, so yeah, much fundraising, too. but getting it made. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. I thought that was impressive. And um, uh, please add more if you know more. But last I heard, um, the the film is, is almost uh, fully edited. They're continuing mm-hmm. to, to work on refining that, but have also started submitting entries to uh, film competitions around the world. Um, yeah. So if you live anywhere near a film festival, keep an eye out for it because it may well be screening just around the corner from you. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, it's a it's a it's a documentary about women cycling. Mm, exactly. Hurrah! Can't we just see? And then Catherine, not content with that, went on to start the La Tour um Yeah. Uh, Initiative should um, we call it? I, I don't know. Campaign? Um, campaign, yeah, yeah. Um, which, you know, started with a, a um, online petition um, to and was supported by notable writers such as one Ms. Mariana Voss, um, Emma Pooley, Catherine Bettine, uh, Mariana Voss, and triathlete Chrissy Wellington, who's a friend of Bettine's. Yes, um, as, the, as the sort of ambassadors on behalf of the campaign. Uh, which was to get the ASO to, um, well, ideally to to uh, create a women's edition of the Tour de France uh, for 2014. Um, it's looking increasingly unlikely that that <laughs> will happen. But what, but what, what has like happened about... is that the, the campaign itself really did its, you know, a, a significantly important job, which was put a lot of pressure and attention on the inequality um, that that sits in the sport of cycling more generally. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, you know, I regardless of what you think about whether there should be, you know, whether whether there should be a full length, full stage Women's Tour de France, what, the, what I love the campaign most for was getting people talking about it, you know, engaging with the media about it and, and kind of just getting that question, why isn't there? Why isn't yeah. it there? And then they followed it up with their manifesto. And, you know, and, and it's, just, it's just a really, really interesting thing because the, the way when she launched it during the men, you know, for the, around the Men's Tour de France, it, it was just a, it's, it was just very good to see, those, to see these things being mentioned and brought up. And yep. there's a lot of other things. Um, in the USA... Uh, Robin Farina started the Women's Cycling Association, which is a USA 
domestic rider based um your rider representation uh, yeah. group i guess yeah yeah and um yeah and and things like the riders in toscana yes yep and you know the riders protesting in um Tour de Languedoc Roussillon um you know where Bowles Dolmans and and Rabobank refused to ride because of the way that the riders were messed yeah, you know were, yeah. were, were messed around and then Toscana where you know where eight out of the ten of the of the, the GC of yep. GC didn't did, didn't ride and yeah you know, while there's still the Toscana fallout from that with you know potential court stuff and investigations by the Italian Fed and stuff and la 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 it's just nice to see it's good it was good to see that I mean the women have never been quiet about these sorts of things. So, you know, um, last year when, um, the year before last, when Pat McQuaid was saying at Worlds, oh, yeah, you know, women don't deserve a minimum wage because the sport isn't developed enough yet. Yeah. And immediately you've got riders like Bronzini and Voss and Teutenberg saying, hang on a minute, you know, like, like this isn't, this isn't, uh, you know, and taking issue with him in, yeah. in various different ways. We love you, Chloe Hosking. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's nice to see. It's good to see. There's all this. I mean, it's always been like that, though. I mean, this isn't something that's new, the kind of, you know, mobilization, but it's good to see that it's getting listened to. Yeah, so, well, yeah, I, I right. think I think the thing that has changed has not so much been, been that, as you say, it's always sort of been there. Um, but that that through the tools of social media and and the easier engagement with fans, um, yeah. it, it's been easier for for people who in the past may have genuinely not even known about some of these issues, and then yeah, hear, yeah, yeah. hear it and go, "What the fuck?" And then turn to look yeah. at you know Pat and now Brian Cookson and go, "Seriously, dude, what the fuck?" Like like yeah. genuinely, what the fuck? Um, please fix because what the fuck and you know communicate in a, in a detailed and nuanced fashion um, <laughs> and and so it's clearly it's clearly put pressure on and I'm really really pleased about that um, and it's led to some some interesting things you know like I you know not to draw too long a bow I'm not suggesting necessarily that, that sort of attention and pressure directly resulted in this but it's really great to see Tracy Gordry get um, appointed to a vice presidential position in the new UCI structure um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. give greater voice and attention to these issues along with you know the the broad purview of the role but you know, it helps. Every bit helps. So yeah, I mean, it's it's very interesting because the calendar for ne the UCI race organisers are really, really unhappy with the UCI. I'm I know three that are grumpy that are grumpy this year already. So um, Trofeo Binder's really unhappy because they've the, they they've li the UCI licensed women's Hent Wevelgem which yep. was on at the same time as their race. And they said, apparently the UCI suggested that Trofeo Binder might want to move to avoid the clash. And the weekend they suggested the rate day they suggested it move to was the day of Milano San Remo. Oh, 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 oh. Now bear in mind the Trofeo Binder gets shown live on yeah, live sport. Yeah, you can't God. do that if it's on at the same time as Milano San Remo. I mean, no. what the fuck's the point? What 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 is the actual point? And um, Tulin and Runfart are very unhappy with that. They want to move back a week, and they're not allowed, and they're not, and they're not allowed to. And it's, and, it's kind um, of like you know, honestly, I I kind of feel like at this point the UCI should just embrace the chaos that they're going to get from the internet anyway, and before they actually make any decisions, publish the plan on a blog somewhere. <laughs> 
and let yeah. everyone else tell them why they can't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, at yeah, least, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you'll never make everyone happy, but at least you'll get the obvious ones. Like, oh. no, you can't run Trofeo Binder on the same day as the Italian monument. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't. That's that's a rule. <laughs> the Pope said so. <laughs> like, fuck. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I am looking forward to seeing what happens with this, and and yeah. I'm I'm also looking forward to the new. I want to see the new World Cup. Um, what they're doing. I really like the the fact that they're bringing in a young best young rider award for the Road World Cup because you know I think I think that's very important as long as you can still count for the elite competition too. Um, but I yeah, well, I, I mean, yeah, it's I, it's interesting in that regard. Um, you know, because of the the rule change as well. Um, on ages. Um, it, it looks like that's been sort of the the preferential starting point for for hopefully a, a continued program of change. Hope so. Hope so. Here's hoping. Yeah, I mean, it does feel more. I mean, I was really worried about 2013 because 2009 was a terrible year for women's cycling in in terms of post Olympic year, losing teams, losing races, general general chaos. You know what mm. I mean? It mm. was, and then and, it, and and things kind of went a bit haywire um, in the two following years, and then built up towards the Olympics again. And and I don't like the four year Olympic cycle for that. You know, the idea that you can have yes, let's let's really work on the sport, and then it just collapses in the following year as you know for the poor track paracyclists who have no very who've had no you know one international race this year mm. nothing on the calendar for next year you know can't plan don't they don't know when worlds is going to be next year how or, do you plan your training yeah your life? yeah exactly but, or where it is you know and that makes a massive difference where's world's going to be is it going to be in britain where you know where oh that's good for me hurrah i'm british is it going to be in australia is it you know what i mean it could be anyway it's just i've uh, i've heard a rumor that it's going to be in antarctica but that could just be a rumor i made up just now i think you did darling yeah but i'd go watch it yeah antarctica's nearer to you isn't it yeah but it's also really fucking awesome so there's that yeah, I had I, I, a friend from school was on one of those Antarctic live there for six months of the year things, so I, it's less romantic to me. Whatever, I'd be I'd be like the Antarctic bartender. It'd be awesome. I don't think they'd let you on. You have to pass a psych test. Since what? No, but they let Mawson go, and Scott. Like they'll let anybody go. No, not these days, dear. I've never killed a sled dog to eat it. I should be allowed go. It's not so much about the sled dogs. I can't... That It's who they'd let in charge of their alcohol. Well, yeah, okay, you might have a point, but fuck. Oh, are you sulking, dear? Yeah, I'm just um, pouting over here in the corner. I've got one more thing to say. I've got two more highlights. All right. One is mountain biking. I know, I know you don't like mountain biking. Oh, oh it's mountain not that biking. I don't it like mountain so biking. I, I enjoy riding mountain bikes and mountain biking in general. You know, I, do. I loved, 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 loved the downhill. I particularly loved it for everything that came with it. The, 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 the way it's presented in the media, the way teams present themselves, the interaction with fans, the, the is, beautiful, endless photography. Is it just because oh, is it just because you really, really love Rachel Atherton? Is that all? Is you know? I don't only 
just love Rachel Atherton. I love Emily Rigaud. I love Menon Carpenter. I love <laughs> well, Florian Huchard. I love Shah. I love, I love, I love, I love, I love Casey Brown. I love Jill Kintner. I love, oh, at I love Casey Mosley. At least you're consistent across disciplines. And <laughs> <laughs> um, love everybody. <laughs> um, if, if you, dear listener, are are feeling a bit blue because of the lack of the road season. All the downhill world champ world cups are archived on Red Bull TV. Um, uh, yeah, Red uh, Red Bull TV, I guess. And um, yeah, go and go and watch some because they're so 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 brilliant. And yeah, they were just amazing racing, gorgeous, spectacular scenery, really super fun characters and personalities. And yeah, I love it. Love, love, love. And although I'm blue, the mountain bike season is over. Oh, Daniel, it's cyclocross. Yep, yep. That that one with all the running. And this and this week, this week, dear listener, if you've never watched some cyclocross, on Friday, it's the Koppenberg Cross, where the lap, and I say this, the lap includes riding up the cobbled Koppenberg climb and then riding down through the mud. Okay. See, I don't think that's the one that you, you see. You made me watch Coxida last year, and that was yes. all just sandy and kind of... Sandy. Well, I'd make you watch. I'd make you watch Koppenberg, but I know you're cavorting that night. Yeah, true. I am cavorting that night. But then again, if I get home, um, alone, if you get home, if you get home post cavorting, will you will you call me up on Skypey and we can watch Coxider together? Sure, I might Not as well. Koppenberg prom- Cross. I might as well promise that now because the truth is, we both know that if I get home, I'm going to get home absolutely shit faced and just collapse in bed and forget. So, sure. Except for the, except for the fact that you're not drinking on Friday. <laughs> sure, I'm not drinking on Friday either. No, because of not having hangovers and things. Yeah, I, I know what you're alluding to, and I'm, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I'm absolutely not drinking on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and then on Sunday, Zonhoven, and Zonhoven is a super prestige race, so it's so well you have to watch Koppenberg Cross on um, dodgy screens. Zonhoven has um, is on Veer dot be dot be um and it because it's super prestige and this is the one that's in a ridiculously steep sand quarry so not only do they have to ride down ridiculously steep hills in the sand they also have to run up ridiculously steep hills carrying their bikes and it's so 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 good i love that race it would be better if they had to carry buckets of sand as well you know to like it's a working quarry and they to yeah just saying also, if there were snakes and crocodiles. Have you got, have you got any more highlights? Uh, highlights for the year? Look, not so much a highlight, but just a, a bit of a tribute. You with me on this? Okay. Time, yeah. for, time for a bit of a tribute, I think. Because Ina, Ina, Ina. I'm going to miss Ina. Ina. Ina Yoko-Tottenberg's retired. Mm-hmm. Um, she is 39, um, well, maybe so, she's 39, yeah. But spring she's, chicken. She's retired, she had a horrible year, she crashed in very early season race and... Suffered a, a very serious head injury. Um, and we love Ina. Why mm. do we love Ina, Dan? Oh, so many reasons. Um, not least of which is Ina could literally kill you with a look. She could. She'd just look at you with a particular look and you would die. You know, like, even Darth Vader has to do his hand-gripping, choke-grippy thing. 
but Ina doesn't. She can just look at you and make you die. Um, also, also her withering comments um, to you know race organizers. I, I can't remember exactly which race, but you know the the apocryphal story of um, her, you know, like the the race commissaire, you know, giving them instructions before they roll out, and her her going, "Oh, come on, hurry up, you crazy bitch! You just want us all to suffer." And and stuff like that, or or my personal favourite being the um, the year that uh, at the Philly Classic, the women uh, lapped the men, and as they rode by, Ina called them all a bunch of pussies. Mm. 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 Ina. Mm. Also, I'm pretty sure Ina. I'm pretty sure Ina could um, could you know do justice to a beer, and um, yeah, I would happily. I would happily buy a beer to drink in front of Ina because, you know, I'm a bastard. Yes, I always like the idea of Ina and Jens Voigt drinking together. Oh, poor Jens would die. Do you think? I reckon his liver would give out for sure. Uh, you know, my favourite Ina story isn't just the pussy story. It's not the one where basically people try to sneak onto the front of the race while everyone else has been lining up for half an hour and Ina just yells and yells and yells until they get off, until they, they sulk off to the back. I was thinking earlier about that, that tour of Chongming Island the other year where Ina's winning and she's racing, 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 racing. And because she loves, you know, giving back to her teammates, that time where... Where Chloe Hosking and I think Charlotte Becker were leading her out, and Ina, everyone, all the other sprinters are watching Ina to see where she starts, and Ina's just like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Chloe, go! <laughs> and, Chloe's like, and Chloe zooms forward to sprint, and everyone else is like, Ina, 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 oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ina, I'm gonna yeah. miss her. She's so scary. I love her so much. But but um, he's hoping that um, I'm not sure. I haven't heard any formal announcements as to what Ina's doing next. But here are my list of acceptable things for Ina to okay. do in her retirement. One, supreme on. dictator of the UCI. Yeah. Um, two, commentator on every race ever. Oh God, especially the men's, especially yeah. the men's, especially yeah. Rubai. What yeah. the fuck are they doing? Why don't they yeah. ride harder? Gee, yeah. this is a race. Yes, this is meant to be a race, not some kind of a walk. <laughs> so boring. Someone attack. And she's eight years old. Attack. <laughs> attack. Someone. So, yes. Um, those, are, those are the only two acceptable retirement options for Ina, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. I would quite like her to have a year walking the dog, drinking beer and drinking wine. And then I'd like her to come back in some form to cycling. Oh my god, Ina is your DS. Can you imagine if Ina was in the team car? <laughs> oh I'd be you'd be so fucking scared, wouldn't you? That like that she'd just get pissed off and run you down. <laughs> I said attack. Don't make me bring the car up there. <laughs> I love her. She's so she's so kind as well. That's the other thing is that you know everyone has a scary Ina story or a, you know the time I lined up with her in a race and she told me my my number was pinned on wrong and stuff. But she's just so kind as well and she's so been so generous and such a great patron. I mean, I can imagine if I was a race organizer, I'd be quite I'd be I'd be there'd be a little bit of a sigh of relief that you know because if I got something did something wrong, you know, 
Oh God, yeah. I would have loved to see Ina at Toscana. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's oh. one side of it, but the other side of it would also actually have been. You know, I would imagine that it cuts both ways because as the race organizer, she's also one of those people that if you needed something to happen, you could have gone to her and said, yeah. We're, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're doing, you know, a five minute memorial at the start of the neutral rollout, make sure no one does anything stupid or whatever. And that you know that that's going to happen. So, but also, she keeps keeping the race safe because, yep. you know. If there's, I think it was one of Kristen Armstrong's stories was in her first road race, Ina came up behind her and basically very gently and safely pushed her out of the way of her team, like get out of the way, you know, because she, yeah, yeah. she said, she said, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't doing it right, and Ina basically schooled me, but she also believed in me and kind of told yeah. me how to improve, and that's the kind of thing is that she, she's very, very protective of of, of, of riders and the peloton and the team, and you know, she's she's not. She's going to be an absolute hard ass who'd completely tell you when you're doing something wrong and shout at you and terrify you. And but she's 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 it comes from a good place, you know. So yeah, yes, yeah. I'll miss Ina. <sighs> but Ina. you know, we have to assume that uh, that she will continue to uh, to loom large over the sport in one way or another. Here's hoping. Mm. Um, my final, final, um, this is a thank you really more than a highlight or as well as a highlight. I just want to say thank you to everyone who's listened and everyone who's engaged with us and sent us videos and yeah. done things with us. Um, I particularly wanted to thank Amber Pierce for doing the video, um, the videos that she did for us on the... Um, yeah, the tactics um, through On the, the Giro, Giro Rosa. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I wanted to thank you, dear listener, and everyone. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. We've met some lovely people. And and we've had some yeah like some some great new friends uh, come along and some people who've really really um, you know contributed uh, like uh, Bobby Ray Bass um, is an expert at turning up odd little videos from obscure corners of the internet that are really cool um, and where would we be without the inimitable Sword Panda you know threatening to run me through every second episode and drawing pictures at the same time. Yes, no, we can't do everyone because we'll miss someone else and that'll be terribly, terribly unfair. But you, you listening right now, thank you very much. I appreciate you and value you and you make it fun. And I would probably buy a beer to drink in front of you because I'm a bastard. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks. Um, This is kind of our our last end of season wrap-up thing. We're not entirely sure when we'll be back next, but we're not gone for the the whole year yet because we're we're trying to put together a whole bunch of interviews and and stuff. We'll be back. We'll be talking shit in no time at all. Until then, thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.